Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. This is Diego Sanchez, Chief Operating Officer of HW Media. I'm filling in today for Sarah Wheeler, our Editor-in-Chief, who's on PTO. I'm joined today by Angelica Light, Newsroom Editor at Housing Wire, and she's here to talk with me about several articles being published by our newsroom over the past couple of days. Angelica, thanks for joining me, and we'll jump right in. The first article that I wanted to talk about today was Flagstar Bank shutting down its retail mortgage division. This story came from a tip that I received from Michael McAllister, president of Empower LO. And I want to remind our audience that our newsroom always welcomes news tips, which can be anonymous. I can be reached at diego at hwmedia.com. Angelica, where can you be reached? Sure. I can be reached at angelica at hwmedia.com. Excellent. So Angelica, what are the details of this story? Yeah. Uh, So last week, Flagstar Bank, which is a Michigan-based lender, closed down its retail mortgage operation and in turn laid off hundreds of staffers. Um, And this happened about two months after it got the Federal Reserve's approval to merge with New York Community Bank. Um, So according to some of the former employees, the uh, the layoffs occurred on Thursday morning and there was no warning. Um, Employees were, um, were... limited on their access to the company's systems, computers, their emails were shut off um, before they knew what was going on. Um, and as one employee told us, uh, part of the uh, part of why that closure of the retail mortgage operation caught them by surprise was that the company um, had said over the last, teen, last 18 months um, how great the merger would be on investor calls, um, only to find out you know, later that the company wasn't happy with the jumbo loan losses. Um, some of the former employees told us that the cuts infected the, affected the entire uh, national retail division, including senior management. One IMB leader in my LinkedIn network commented that he has seen companies shut down immediately, but not divisions of performing capitalized businesses shutting down in such a manner. Angelica, what do you think is going on here? You know, I think it's tough to say. Um, if I had to guess, I'd say that, you know, the profits taking such a nosedive from 2021 20, uh, and 2022 had a huge impact. Um, you know, despite the fact that it was a market that was very unusual at the time, it's tough to reconcile the revenue declines, you know, that have been 50% or more um, year over year, even if the businesses are still profitable. Um, we also saw, you know, we saw huge increases in headcounts at a lot of those businesses in 2020 and 2021. Um, and now profits are dwindling, so they may be finding it tough to, to, to sustain. Um, I also think that there's a lot of the industry that's trying to steel themselves about uh, against, you know, the potential for, for what could happen with a tougher market this year. While we're obviously all hoping for um, things to turn around, there's, and there's plenty of optimism. We've seen it time and again with um, stories recently. The reality is that whatever happens over the next 12 months in the housing market is anyone's guess. Um, so I'd imagine there are some companies that are preparing for, for the worst in that arena, too. The reporter, uh, Flavia Furlan Nunez, did a follow-up today, which I haven't had a chance to, to read through. Uh, any takeaways from, from that follow-up article that you think are, are relevant for, for this original story? Yeah, you know, 
the the story today that Flavia uh, wrote was basically about how um, the New York New York Community Bank um, is is cutting sixty nine percent of its retail home lending offices um, outside of its branches after it acquired Flagstar, um, and I think that that you know is is very similar to what we saw um, with Flagstar and all of the layoffs there. Um, they're making acquisitions, they're making decisions for their businesses, but they're also, I think, really kind of stealing themselves for what may come. Um, you know, we just don't know what the market is going to do with with the Fed uh, raising rates and and all of these other unique uh, factors that are that are playing into this really unusual landscape. So, um, so yeah, I think, you know, what we're seeing across the board is just kind of businesses really trying to prepare for the worst just in case. The second article that I wanted to to take a look at with you it was titled These Four Cities Will See 2008 Like Correction in Home Prices from Goldman Sachs. First off, I wanted to thank HW Plus member and Fairway LO Dan White for pointing out an inaccuracy that we had in this article. We want to be as accurate as possible in our reporting. Angelica, what are the four cities highlighted by Goldman and why do you think this article was so popular with our audience? Yeah. So um, Goldman was eyeing San Jose, Austin, Phoenix, and San Diego, um, which are markets for major price corrections this year. Uh, that's probably not much of a surprise since we're already seeing um, some price shifts in at least one of those markets. We've seen it in Austin, obviously. Um and if they're right, these markets could see corrections of more than 25% this year, which is pretty close to what we saw in 2008 when prices declined by 20, 27%. Um, I think this story was popular, honestly, because there are a lot of people worried about the market um, and hearing that there are numerous markets that Goldman Sachs expects to uh, drop in price significantly is troubling and it's interesting. Um, I also think it had a little bit of a wider appeal. You know, obviously we as a newsroom um, you know, we write for industry professionals, but um, there are so many people outside of outside of the industry who are interested in hearing about what's happening in, in these unique markets. Buyers, sellers, investors, anyone with an interest or money in, in housing is looking for a sign what, on what could happen with home prices. So I think it just, you know, caught steam with, with this wider audience um, and really kind of indicates how interested people are in, in what the market is doing. I think you're right. The it's the prosumer audience. So beyond the the hardcore housing professional, fix and flip investors, DIY landlords, there's a lot more folks that are interested in the housing market and what's going to happen to it beyond just the real estate professional, lending professional, the title professional, the appraiser. Uh, so I think you're spot on there. What are some of the metrics Goldman Sachs is looking at when they forecast price declines for these four cities? Yeah. So it looks at, uh, you know, the S&P, CoreLogic, Case-Shiller, uh, National Home Price Index, um, which is projected to decline. Um, and interest rates, um, the index is projected to decline by, I think, about 6.1% year over year um, by the, the fourth quarter of the year. Um, and that's an increase of two percentage points from the prior prediction, which was, I think, 4.1%. Four so a, a big decline expected overall. Um, Goldman Sachs also revisited their forecast um, and stated that the 30-year fixed mortgage rate, uh, they're anticipating it to be about 6.5% by the year's end, which obviously affects 
affordability in all those markets um, and can have a massive impact on markets like Austin, Phoenix, and San Diego, where home prices were already elevated and they climbed significantly during during the height of, um, you know, the buying frenzy in 2020 and 2021. So um, those are markets that I think are are really at risk of, of what Goldman Sachs is, is expecting. We've seen we've seen some downturns in, in prices already. A lot of smart people at Goldman Sachs looking at various markets. Let's hope that they're wrong about mortgage rates. We've seen some movement in a positive direction and uh, have been speaking with lenders who are closing mortgages, jumbo mortgages, VA mortgages with interest rates, mortgage rates in the fives. So, uh, and according to our mortgage rate center, the uh, 30-year conforming mortgage rate is in the low sixes. So let, let's hope that we keep moving in a positive direction on, on mortgage rates. The, the third story that I wanted to, to chat about today uh, is Clear Capital cutting 24% of its workforce in a restructuring. This story was actually written by you, Angelica, and you got access to company leadership during your reporting. What was the thought process and strategy behind these cuts? Yeah, you know, it seems like the thought process and the strategy behind uh, Clear Capital's layoffs really was that the focus should be on restructuring the business rather than just reducing headcounts. Um, ultimately, obviously, that resulted in headcount reduction, but it just seemed to me from talking to them that the primary focus was on trying to consolidate teams and restructure departments so that the business could withstand the downturn uh, that we're experiencing now and any that we may experience in the future. Um you know, I think layoffs like these are are really tough, and it seems like we're hearing about them constantly right now. But, um, but yeah, you know, I think that that ultimately the goal was to really kind of shore up any loose ends and and kind of batten down the hatches and make sure that they were prepared for for anything that happens. My sense from reading social posts from some of those impacted was that these layoffs were were done with with some empathy. What was your takeaway from your conversations with with company leadership about this? Yeah, you know, I do think that they were done with um, with empathy, um, which is something that really came across when I was chatting with them. Um, both Dwayne Andrews, who's the CEO of Clear Capital, and and Keenan Chen, who's the EVP of Corporate Strategy, really reiterated numerous times when we were talking that they looked for avenues for for ways to avoid the restructuring and ways to you know really kind of limit the impact it had on their employees. Um, but ultimately, you know, a downturn in business is a downturn in business. And, and they really didn't have much of an option when, you know, business is going down by 50% and, and they've got to uh, pay the bills. Things have to have to change. Um, but, you know, I also think that it says something that the executive team took voluntary pay cuts at the same time as the layoffs. Um, you know, Dwayne, reiterated time and again that that the voluntary pay cuts really were voluntary. The um, executive team offered them. They took a, minim- a minimum of 10% pay cut. Um, and the company didn't expect the executive team to suggest that. So um, I think across the board, we really saw, while it's an unfortunate situation, and, and obviously a lot of people were impacted, we really saw um, saw them handle it with, with grace um, and really kind of reiterate how important their employees are to them. There's certainly, it's difficult to do layoffs in any, in any circumstance, but it feels like there's 
uh, a more right way to do it and a less a less right way to do it. And we've seen some examples over the past couple of years of companies that maybe didn't go about it so well or as well as Clear Capital seemed to. What do you think is next for Clear Capital? Yeah, you know, I think that remains to be seen. Um, they've conducted two rounds of layoffs in the last few months. Uh, I think their prior one was in October. Um, but from talking to leadership, they really seemed hopeful that that this round of, of restructuring and layoffs would turn things around um, and that they'd be on the right path. Um, and Keenan said, you know, the goal for, for restructuring is to put them in a position where they're able to, to reinvest in their technology and solutions for the foreseeable future. Um, and they're going to do that while they're navigating this market that's, that's in flux. Um, so hopefully the changes that they made with this round of, of restructuring and, and layoffs Will help them to be a little more resilient. Um, however, the market pans out uh, this year and, and the following. Um, that's the goal anyway. Angelica, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy newsroom editing responsibilities and look forward to talking to you soon in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Success might look different this year, but it's out there for those willing to work for it. That's why 2023's Gathering of Eagles will focus on forging opportunities, the perfect chance for industry leaders to take a proactive approach to continually move the needle in their businesses and the real estate industry at large. Gathering of Eagles will bring together the nation's top residential real estate CEOs, presidents, and C-level leadership teams to grow, network, and set the pace for what's next in our industry. 2023's GOE is at Omni Barton Creek Resort in the rolling hill country of Austin, Texas from June 18th until the 21st. Learn more and register your spot on the events page at realtrends.com. And we can't wait to see you in Austin. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.